Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. It's time to get productive. In today's episode, we are going to share six habits related to productivity that we believe every teacher needs to build. But first, let's hear a TSH or time-sucking hurdle from Sarah Lee. I thought of bread. Did you think of bread? Now I do. Okay. (laughs) All right. Sarah Lee says, I feel like I'm giving all that I can. And then in parentheses, which this year is less than it used to be. And still at times get overwhelmed by the feeling of failure. I end up getting down on myself and my TOP or top time management organization productivity, just plugging that in there, shortcomings, and then lose the momentum I'm building when I feel strong and capable. How do I keep the momentum in these times of feeling down on myself? Mm. Listen, I feel like we all have feelings of failure. I mean, times can be challenging, but that does not mean that you are a failure. It means that you're just going through a rough patch, which I mean, we all have experienced from time to time. You might need to just reevaluate what you have going on and work on just simplifying things right now. I know that this has just really helped me personally as well. This means saying no to people and things that you have on your plate. It might also mean that you need to cut back on what you are doing in the classroom and be okay with not having like the fancy activities and the over the top lessons. This is a time to focus on yourself and getting things back in order so that you can feel successful again. Strip it all back and decide on what is important. When you start to feel like you have a a handle on things again, you can start to add things on slowly. And this is, I think, something I'm really going through the same right now is I'm stripping things back and then slowly adding it. Yep. I mean, as Bridget mentioned, we all struggle with feelings of failure. Obviously, it affects some people more than others due to their confidence, their prior experiences, etc. But I can tell you that I still struggle with this. It's interesting because one of the kind of driving factors of me leaving the classroom is that I felt like I was failing all the time because I was Mm -hmm. trying to balance all my teaching responsibilities with all of my business responsibilities, plus with all of my personal responsibilities. And it got to the point where it just wasn't sustainable. And I'll be honest and say that I am so much happier now but those feelings haven't completely gone away. I still get those floods of, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. I'm not helping teachers enough. I get those feelings of failure even now. So sometimes we think like the grass is greener on the other side, and then we get to the other side and we realize that isn't necessarily true. But I think Bridget's advice is spot on. If you know that those feelings may always be present, you have to take action in order to reduce them. So focus on what you're really successful in. Have you gotten a sweet note from a student or a parent or a team teacher? Like put it by your desk. That way you can be reminded of what you're doing well. I honestly think it's all about your perspective. It's hard to change your perspective. Like I get that, but it can make a huge difference if you just kind of reframe that in your mind. Yeah, some really good advice there. So we have been talking a lot about habits, and that is because habits work. I mean, we just know that it's true. And we want to take what we have learned from the author of Atomic Habits, James Clear, and give you all some practical and actionable steps to becoming a productivity master. Yep. 
y'all know the drill by this point, we're going to share each habit as an actionable step. So it'll have the action, the time, and the location. We are going to supply the action, but you have to fill in the time and location that works for you because obviously we could never find one option that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. But this time is a little bit different because we're going to really focus a lot on habit stacking. That way, you have habits that kind of fit together and lead from one to the next to the next. So we have three habits that fit together and then another three habits. And the first three are going to be kind of on a monthly basis. And then the second three are more of like a weekly basis. Yeah. So I'm going to jump into the first habit that you need to be building. And this habit is I will identify projects, events, and goals for the month at blink time in blink location. So obviously, this is a habit that you're going to want to complete once a month, either at the beginning of the month or just before the month has started. Okay. So here's why this habit is so important. Having a very clear vision of what you want to accomplish for the month is important. So you need to have that. This is really going to help you focus later on kind of being that productive person. When you know what you should be working on and what It'll end up taking the guesswork out of figuring it all out each day and keep yourself from working on tasks that are just irrelevant. So why not just do this next week, each each week, right? That's probably what some of you are asking. Well, think of this like a big unit that you're teaching. And if you focus on just kind of each week, the lessons that you need to be planning out, it's going to start to feel a little disjointed. So if you focus on the whole picture, the big unit, in this case, the month, then you're going to know exactly what you're doing and why. It's actually one of my favorite times of the month in just kind of sitting down and planning it all out and getting an idea of what's going on. So here's an example of what my habit looks like. I will identify projects, events, and goals for the month on the last Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. in my office. So obviously Bridget's example would refer to planning the month ahead of time. So Mm -hmm. when she says the last Saturday of the month, that means like the prior month. So the last Saturday of April, she's going to plan the month of May. Here's another example. If you prefer to do it like on, you know, the first day of the month, your habit could look like this. I will identify projects, events, and goals for the month on the first day of the month at 10 a.m. at my kitchen table. Yeah. And so here are some just kind of important tips to keep in mind. Use a monthly planning page to help you just jot down some ideas that you have for the month. So we do have a monthly planning page in our digital planner that I use to help me break down everything. It has important dates, tasks, and it helps you identify the focus for that month. And it'll also give you a starting point, especially if this is going to be something new for you. So if you have the digital planner, definitely check out that monthly planning page. If you don't, you can head over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and check out our digital planners there. Nice plug. Also, I love how you mentioned it's a great starting point. Like it's a template, right? Like it makes it easier for you. Yeah. All right, habit number two, I will brain dump all of my tasks for the month at blank time in blank location. 
Again, we're habit stacking, Mm y'all. This is a habit you would want to perform right after you perform that first habit of identifying your projects, events, and goals. Think about this as kind of breaking it down. So once you know like the projects going on, events that you have going on, and what you want to kind of accomplish for that month, you're now going to brain dump all of those little tasks. Back in episode 119, I mentioned that one of my big productivity mistakes is not writing things down and forgetting them as a result. You want to avoid this at all costs because it leads to overwhelm. When you already have a full power list for the day and then suddenly remember other tasks you have to do, your motivation to do anything plummets. So brain dumping all of your tasks is going to ensure that you don't forget as many tasks. Obviously, we're still imperfect. It may still happen, but it's going to make that less likely to happen. So brain dumping is when you just get everything out of your brain. You're going to create a list of all the little tasks that go along with all of those projects, events, and goals for the upcoming month. So I would make this something that I would look forward to each month. So I would kind of take myself on a date to a coffee shop. I mentioned in the last episode that I don't love to like work on a weekly basis at a coffee shop. I prefer to work from home. So for me, going to the coffee shop is kind of like something special. And it's something that I do just at the beginning of each month. So here's an example of what that habit would look like for me. I will brain dump all of my tasks for the month after I identify my projects, events, and goals for the month at Summer Moon, which is a local coffee shop here that I love, notice my time, rather than giving a specific time or date, I had it correspond with the previous habit. So the time that I'm doing it is as soon as I finish the other habit. Yeah, and I like that you ended up attaching going to the coffee shop to that place because then it's going to kind of signal to your brain that that's exactly what you're doing. Yes. And I feel like it's also something that that's not like super intensive where you have to have a ton of focus on. Exactly. You kind of allow your brain to wander and it yep. helps you kind of think of things. It's yep. interesting how that works. Um, so my example is I will brain dump all of my tasks for the month on the last Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. in the off in my office. Now, I did mine a little bit different. I made mine the exact same time and day as my previous one because I know that I'm going to be stacking it. So yeah. I know that I'm going to do the first habit first <laughs> and then I'm going to follow it with this one. So I just yeah. left at the same time because in my brain that just worked. Yep, you kept it simple. So here are a few tips for implementing this habit. Speaking of keeping it simple, just use a blank piece of paper. It does not have to be fancy. Now, if you want to do it digitally, our digital planners do have like lined pages and dot pages. You could make a copy of one of those pages and just do your brain dump on there. But make sure this is separate from your to-do list. You are not adding the tasks to your to-do list yet. You're just getting those tasks out of your brain and down onto some sort of paper so that it's physically written down. The second tip is to set a timer and force yourself to think that entire time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want the timer to be longer than the time you expect it to take. So you have that extra time, right? If you think it's going to take you five minutes to brain dump all of these tasks, set a timer for 10. That way you have an extra five minutes where you're really digging deep into your brain and trying to think about those things that you might be forgetting. The third tip is to reference a list of repetitive tasks that you have each month or each week for ideas. So in our digital planner, we do have a task tracker. 
And that has a space to list monthly tasks, weekly tasks, and daily tasks that repeat. So when I think about myself right now, every single day, I check my email. Every single week, I schedule an email to go out to my email you know, subscribers. And then every month, I have to plan out YouTube videos. I do this month after month and week after week and day after day. But sometimes when we do these, even though we do them on a you know regular basis, it's easy to kind of forget about them when it comes time to actually plan the month. And then we end up feeling overwhelmed because we're trying to squeeze it all in. Yeah, we send out, a, we prepare a newsletter on Thursdays and then it always, it always never fails. I feel like on Fridays, we're like, oh my gosh, we forgot to do the newsletter because we like automatically send it out to families on Sundays. It's just a thing. You think we should know that by now because we've been doing it since the beginning of the year, but we always seem to forget. (laughs) Um, So the third habit, habit is going to be, I will organize my tasks using the Eisenhower matrix at blank time in blank location. So back in episode 119, I believe it was, I mentioned the Eisenhower matrix Mm -hmm. and how I use that now just as far for my productivity. So this is going to be like where I help explain a little bit more of what it is. So this is going to be a triple decker. (laughs) It makes me think of the Whataburger burgers that I would eat because I used to eat the triple burgers. Oh my gosh. At Whataburger when I was a kid and my parents were so disgusted. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to bring that up. I had to. Okay. So once again, we are habit stacking and this is going to come after the first two habits that we've just mentioned. Okay. So why do we want to do this? Let's talk about the why first. If everything is important, then nothing is important. I've heard this quote and it really has just resonated with me. It's just one of my favorites. It helps me understand the importance of prioritizing tasks in my life. Um, And it's going to really help you identify what is really, really important to you right now. Understanding the differences between the priority level of your tasks can help you determine what you need to work on first. This will help to reduce your stress and give you a very clear picture of what you need to focus on. So the Eisenhower matrix is a four quadrant grid that gives you space to determine the following. Important, urgent. Okay, so these are tasks that are important and urgent. Tasks that are not important, but urgent. And tasks that are important and not urgent and then tasks that are not important and not urgent. You did a great job explaining that. Can I just say, because it is really confusing. And I was like looking at the notes and I was like, I don't even know what this Mm. means, but you, you nailed it. Okay, (laughs) good. I'm super glad that everyone, hopefully everybody can kind of visualize that. So you have your four quadrants. So what you will do is you are going to take the task that you brain dumped that you are going to then use for that month and you are going to then place them into each of the four, into one of the four boxes. So you're going to have to be brutally honest with yourself. Okay, Mm -hmm. again, think of the quote, if everything is important, then nothing is important. You have to decide where these tasks are going to go. So like for me, thinking of things that are um, not important but urgent are going to be things like, oh, um, so it could be like something that my principal needs. Like to mm-hmm. me, it's not important, <laughs> but right. it's urgent because my principal needs it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So you have to kind of decide on all of those different tasks. Now, here is kind of my example for this. 
I will organize my tasks using the Eisenhower matrix on the last Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. in my office. Again, I kept this stacked with my monthly planning and my brain dump. It's the exact same time because I know that I'm going to do it right after the other one. Yep. And just to give you another perspective, my example would be I will organize my tasks using the Eisenhower matrix after I brain dump all of my tasks at summer moon. So if you would prefer to use that terminology of the previous habit as like the actual time. So like once you complete that, then you do this. That is an option for you. Yeah. And remember, everything cannot be important and urgent. You have to be very strict with what you add to each of your sections. You can ask yourself questions like this. Does someone need this for me in order to do their specific part? Mm. Is there a due date? Questions like that are really going to help you decide on where it's going to go on your Eisenhower matrix. So be critical and take your time to evaluate the importance of each task. Love it. Okay. Habit number four, I will add tasks to my weekly to-do list at blank time in blank location. So we are now moving from those monthly habits onto the weekly habits. This is something you should do on a weekly basis. You're basically going to select tasks from those first three habits, those tasks that you generated to complete for the week. And then you're going to repeat this at the start of each week. So first, you need to decide where you're going to keep your weekly to-do list, and this should be the same location as your power list. We mentioned that as a habit in episode 112, Time Management Habits Every Teacher Should Build. Every day, you should be using a power list. It's just three tasks you're going to get done for the day. Now, we're talking about that weekly to-do list, which is helping your productivity because it's kind of helping you know where you're going, if that makes sense, like a roadmap. We are going to recommend that you store your weekly to-do list and your power list within Google Tasks. And you'll see why as we move through these next three habits. If you are new to Google Tasks, check out episode 087. It's called Google Tasks, the what, why, and how for teachers. But here's why this is important. Your weekly to-do list is where you're going to pull your power list items from on a daily basis. So I have this toilet paper analogy. Hear me out on this, okay? If you think about your power list as the toilet paper that's on the roll right by the toilet, right? Like that's what you go to first. Once you have used that up, you're probably grabbing toilet paper from like the closet or the like under the cabinet, like, or maybe you have one of those storage things by the toilet. That's like your weekly to-do list. That's the next place you're going. And then you're pulling your power list or the toilet paper you're going to use next onto the roll. Then you probably have like this stockpile of toilet paper somewhere, especially after COVID. So for me, that's in like my laundry room. I have all the extra toilet paper. That's like all of those tasks that you brain dumped early on in that first like monthly set of habits, if that makes sense. I don't know if that made sense, Bridget. It it did. I giggled the entire time. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) It just came to me one day and I was like, this makes sense. Okay, this is also gonna help you reach your deadlines. We're gonna talk about this more in the next habit, but you don't wanna wait too long to start working on certain tasks and then you kind of run out of time. It's also gonna reduce the stress and exhaustion of trying to figure out what you need to be doing. You're gonna have a list going into the week, so then each day you're just picking three items for your power list. So here's my example of what that habit would look like. I will add tasks to my weekly to-do list every Sunday at 10 a.m. in my home office. 
Mm. Here's my example. Um, So I will add tasks to my weekly to-do list every Sunday night at 5 p.m. in my office. And I am going to be stacking these, which (laughs) so you're going to hear this repeat (laughs) for me. So question, Bridget, because I noticed I'm doing mine like Sunday morning and Mm -hmm. you're doing your Sunday night. So for you, does your week kind of go Monday through Sunday? Yes. Ah, yes. whereas I kind of have my week go from Sunday through Saturday. So yep. there are options there as well. Yep. Awesome. Good. That was a really good thing to notice. <laughs> Great <laughs> observation, <I> Michelle. <laughs> we did not have this noted at all to like discuss. <laughs> like that legit was just something I noticed. I okay. Know. So here are some tips for implementing this habit. We suggest choosing around 21 items each week. If you're going to complete three items through your power list each day, That's a total of 21 tasks for the week. Our second tip is to store your weekly to-dos through Google Tasks. One of the main reasons we suggest this is because it is connected to your Google Calendar. You can set a date and time for each item and it will appear on your Google Calendar. So that's gonna make the next habit a little bit easier. The final tip is to create recurring tasks for those tasks that you complete each week. So if you send an email each week or you have to complete certain lesson planning tasks each week, when you create a task through Google Tasks, you can actually have it repeat and you can tell it to repeat you know, every certain number of days, every certain number of weeks and so on. That way you don't have to re-add it to your list each time. It will automatically generate and that's going to be a huge time saver. Maybe I need to do that with my newsletter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. So the next habit, so habit number five that you need to be building is I will assign deadlines and create reminders for my weekly tasks in blank time in blank location. Once again, we are habit stacking. You would want to complete this habit right after you add the task to your weekly to-do list. Here's why it's important. When you have tasks that do not have a deadline, it can be very easy to put them off. I'm raising my hand because I'm Mm -hmm. notorious for this. Deadlines really help to create goals and determine what needs to be done and where. So they also help you to determine how much you are placing on those specific days. So for example, if all your tasks for the month have the same deadline, then you are likely to just hop from task to task to task. And then it's going to make you feel overwhelmed when everything is due together. Once you create the deadlines, establish some reminders to help you like stay on track with those. And you can use an alarm or set reminders through Google Calendar so that you can have them like get an email to remind you every day. The reminders can be specific so that you know exactly what to accomplish on that day. So here's what my example looks like. I will assign deadlines and create reminders for my weekly tasks every Sunday at 5 p.m. in my office. Again, I'm left at the exact same because I know I'm going to do it right after. Yep, whereas I like to word mine including the previous habit. So my example would be, I will assign deadlines and create reminders for my weekly tasks after I add tasks to my weekly to-do list in my home office. Yeah. Now, be sure to stagger these deadlines, okay? You will want to make sure that you're looking at kind of an entire monthly view and or even on your week, looking at what you have 
due during specific days. Because again, if you have everything due at the very end of the week, it's just going to overwhelm you. So have things set and reminders set to help you with that. And then place your tasks in your calendar so that you can have a better picture of what you need to accomplish by a certain time. So I'm going to talk to you about how to do that because I mentioned that Google Tasks is connected to your Google Calendar. So first of all, if you go to your Google Calendar, you will see that you already have a calendar created called Tasks. It's a default calendar that Google Calendar creates for you, okay? If you add a date or time to your Google Tasks, that task will automatically show up on that calendar. Okay, so within Google Tasks, when you go to create the task, there's just a little box that asks for the date and time. If you fill that in, automatically goes to your calendar. But you can also add a task directly through Google Calendar. So on Google Calendar in the top left, if you click the Create button, you will see Event and then you will see Task. If you click on Task, It will open up a box that looks very similar to creating an event, but you're basically just putting the title, you're putting a time if you want, you're having it repeat if you want, and then you're choosing the list. So you would want to add these to your weekly to-do list and it will automatically place it on your calendar, but also on your Google Tasks list. A great option once you have done this, within Google Tasks, you can sort your list by date. So open up your weekly to-do list through that sidebar where Google Tasks is. You're going to click the three dots in the top right corner next to add a task, and you're going to click on sort by date. It will automatically group your tasks by the days, and this makes it even easier to come up with your power list items for each day because you know exactly what is due when. You did a very lovely job explaining that. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But now you have to keep going because this is now you. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out because I was like, oh, I'm done. No. All right. Well, habit number six, (laughs) I will mark the tasks that have the highest priority at blank time in blank location. We have another triple decker, folks. (laughs) This habit would be performed after you perform the other two habits. So when you generate all of those tasks and create those reminders. So why is this important? This habit of marking the tasks that have the highest priority is going to help guide your week. You can try to get those more important tasks or more time sensitive tasks done early in the week. This is usually when you have more energy and motivation. This will also help you know which items need to make it onto your power list. So when you go to create your first power list for the week, you should be starting with those highest priority tasks. If things come up that are unexpected, because we mentioned we're imperfect, there will be things that you forget. It's okay. You're going to make sure that you're getting the most important things done first. So it'll help you kind of shift things around in your list as needed. So again, here is an example of what that habit would look like. I will mark the tasks that have the highest priority after I assign deadlines and create reminders for my weekly tasks in my home office. Yep. And then mine is, I will mark the tasks that have the highest priority on the last Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. in my office. I'm stacking this with my brain dump. Consistency. Love love it. it. (laughs) So here are some tips for implementing this habit. First of all, you can reorder your tasks 
by putting the highest priority tasks at the top. And this is why we suggest keeping your list digitally, especially through Google Tasks, as opposed to on paper. Because on paper, you'd have to like erase, draw arrows, it gets confusing. Google Tasks will allow you to click and drag in order to reorder your tasks. Or as I already mentioned, you can have them automatically sort by date. So you've got options there. Another tip is to use emojis. So you could use, for example, a red dot to mark your like super important tasks that have to get done right away. So if you don't want to add a date and time to every task, if that's too overwhelming for you or you don't want it to be that structured, just add an emoji or add emojis to show what day you plan on completing it. So the first day of the week could be red. The second day could be orange. The third day could be yellow. Kind of gives you those options. And then the final tip is to plan on completing the highest priority tasks at the beginning of the week. Again, this is when your energy and motivation are the highest. And then it kind of helps you to know that the end of the week is going to be a lot more like loosey-goosey and that takes off some of the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, everybody take a deep breath and let it out. That's it. Those are the six habits that we believe will help you become more productive. The reason I did that is because Trin and I have started doing yoga And I'm all about breathing in and out. I know it's so funny. (laughs) I'm terrible (laughs) at it. Um, So let's review the six habits that we think you need to be building in order to become more productive. Habit number one is I will identify projects, events, and goals for the month at blank time in blank location. Habit two is I will brain dump all of my tasks for the month at blank time in blank location. Habit three is I will organize my tasks using the Eisenhower matrix at blank time in blank location. Habit four is I will add tasks to my weekly to-do list at blank time in blank location. Habit five, I will assign deadlines and create reminders for my weekly tasks in blank time in at blank time in blank location. And habit number six, I will mark the tasks that have the highest priority at blank time in blank location. I feel like someone should comment the number of times that we have said blank time and blank location throughout yep. this episode. Yep, <laughs> happens a lot. So next week in episode 122, we are going to talk about how to overcome your productivity mistakes. So we're going to talk about ways to make your productivity more visible, how to make it easier. And these will be more actionable steps you can take to start making a difference right away. But in the meantime, we would love for you to check out our website, www.teachingonthedouble.com. Once you head over there, you can shop our digital planners by clicking store. (laughs) And then you also can submit your TSH and you have the chance to be featured on a future episode. We would also love for you to subscribe to Teaching to the Top. That way, every time we drop a new episode, which is every Thursday morning, it will already be there waiting for you. And all you have to do is click it and listen. If you do listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. We do read them and we even feature some of them over on our Instagram page, Teaching on the Double. But until next time, be timely. Stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.